This week on Super Skull, your comic book picks for the week of February 11th, 2015. Spider-Man comes back home to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Curtis and Marcus do not wish me a happy birthday on our podcast. I'm just a Alrighty, welcome to Super Skull, your weekly New Comic Day audio digest recorded live to tape from the Todd McFarlane Memorial Studio, Satellite Headquarters to Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm your established host, Marcus Schwimmer, joined by my friends and co-workers, Nick Wybar. You're the establishment host. And Curtis Sullivan. Hello. How are we doing, guys? Super. Awesome. Lovely. Excellent. So we're going to just kick it off once again reminding you some awesome things that are going on at the vault of midnight um first things first we have a lumberjanes party coming up on the 14th that's valentine's day fellas don't forget nick had to remind me um and it's going to start at one o'clock ladies don't you don't forget either ladies yeah that's right that's a good not just the fellas that's right forgetful ladies i call it valentine's day is that okay why do you do that i just think it's cuter time for valentine's Mm -hmm. One o'clock start time for the Valentine's Day Lumberjanes event. Uh, it's going to go to five, maybe six. Who's going to be there? Uh, me. Yeah. So that's that's a good start. Okay, nobody also, cares. Also, who's going to be there that's interesting? Karen, Carolyn Nowak. Oh, yeah. The artist of Lumberjanes is going to be there. We're going to make cookies. We're going to make friendship bracelets. We are going to make merit badges that are going to go on a giant merit badge board. We're going to make actual friendships. Also, Miss Nowak has made a custom Vault of Midnight exclusive Lumberjanes coloring page. What? Cool. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Wow. So that's happening again the 14th starting at 1 o'clock up in our G-Raps location. Oh, we don't say G-Raps. Oh, we're going to say G-Raps. In the G-Raggedy. In the G-Raggedy. Up in the G-Raggedy on the 30th uh, is our superhero dance party at Pyramid Scheme. Buy your tickets now, people. This is going to be a hot event. I cannot promise we will have tickets at the door. So stop by Vault of Midnight. Get your tickets. It's going to be a great thing. Nick and I are going to be up there representing hard. It's going to be awesome. And all all that G-Raps, G-Raggedy talk, we're talking about Grand Rapids, Michigan, by the way. There's a city called Grand Rapids. The the Grapple Hook. (laughs) Right. So that's happening. Last thing I want to put on everyone's radar, and again, this is going to be an event that you're going to want to pre-register for because we're already getting a lot of signups. We are partnering once again with Nerd Life Productions to do Nerdy Flirty Speed Dating at the Ann Arbor Store. That's on March 21st, and it starts at 7 p.m. But let me tell you what, you are going to want to pre-register well before March 21st because our slots are filling a quickly on that one. So make sure to hit that up. Do it. Nick. My, my mug has an alarming amount of cat hair on it <laughs> where I put my mouth. Yeah, that's that's because it's my house. You, all right, cool. Yeah, No, I go out to eat and there's somehow cat hair in the food that I ordered at that restaurant that I've brought with me and then it's floated and, down and you can tell it's food. it's your cat's hair it's my hair. cat's hair yeah, yeah absolutely it's weird wait so Nick you have one cat I have one cat Curtis how many cats are in this house Trace I also live with three cats yeah yeah. wow we had four for a minute we had a, a stray cat named Toast that we all loved so very much I miss Toast but I miss uh, Toast also that yeah. was a cool cat but we found him his rightful home and uh, so I've always wanted a dude cat I've mm-hmm. got three lady cats love the ladies don't get me wrong but I wanted a dude tabby so bad and then Toast shows up Dude, Tabby. Right. And he's so nice, and he was my buddy, but then he had to go. That's too bad. He so. was reclaimed. He was. He had a chip. I didn't know, that, you know. It's they had a so microchip. Long. They had a microchip, so yeah. they, it's got all the stuff. We're just three dudes who really love cats. 
Yeah, that's us. That's us. It's our defining characteristic. <laughs> that's right. Nick, can you give us a little update on what's going on with the Bechdel interview you did? Yep, we interviewed Allison Bechdel. The editing is done. It should be going up this week on our brand new website, superskullshow.com. Yes. Oh, supershawshow.com. Supershawshow. And it's ready. You could go there right now. Like, as you're listening to this, you can go to superskullshow.com. It was designed by Philip Wong. It's so pretty. It's really pretty. Uh, this guy's done a bunch of design work for us over the years. He's super talented. I hate him a little bit because he's so fucking talented. He's also handsome and fairly he's fit. He's so handsome. I yeah, know. It's irritating. Yeah, it's, oh, Jesus. It's super irritating. And his body is tattooed like this like mythical tribal warrior. I know. And he's a really nice guy, too. He's, so, yeah, he's a real prick. And <laughs> he uh, designed our website. It looks fantastic. Go check it out, superskullshow.com. And uh, you should be seeing the Allison Bechdel interview that we did. It'll It'll pop up any minute now. Um, Curtis, this week you, uh, we're going to be talking about Southern Bastards a little bit later. Yes. Nick has picked it for one of his picks of the week. Sorry to steal the thunder on That's that. That's okay. Um, there's a pecan pie recipe in the back of this book. You are dedicating some time tomorrow to making this pecan pie. I am pie. indeed, so I love pecan pie. Is it pecan or pecan? Pecan, pecan. I don't Ooh. think there's a wrong answer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, delicious pie. Uh, so Southern Bastards, right? So we were talking, Marcus, this brings up a great point. We were talking about single issues versus... Uh, graphic novels Roger. and what you should own and how they go on a bookshelf and you put them in boxes. Uh, with this latest issue, I've decided that I have a few missing issues of Southern Bastards. I am going to get this book exclusively in singles because the letters page in the back is phenomenal. But don't don't they normally include those letter pages? They do not. No, sir. Oh. So this is the dilemma I'm having is as I'm going through this purge of all my stuff, talked about it a little bit last week, I'm coming to a point where I'm wondering, like, do I just want to collect the graphic novel format of books because they sit on a bookshelf so much nicer? And I I kind of, the short box isn't doing it for me anymore. Um, For certain books, though. So last week's or last month's issue, Southern Bastards had a fried apple pie recipe. I want those. In addition to the fact that the letters are totally kick-ass. There's like four pages of yeah. really fun letters and back and forth between the creators and people writing letters. We're in a golden age renaissance of letters pages. I love it. It's so fucking cool. Yep. And yeah. it's, a, I mean, pick a book. There's so many great, like, I read the book and can't wait for the letters pages. Yeah. And so, you know, you talk about spending, you know, three bucks, four bucks on a book you know, and that you're going to read pretty quickly because a lot of it's art and you might reread the story again. You can spend some time on that letters page. Absolutely. That's worth oh, yeah. the price of admission. For sure. So, uh, yes, I'll be making pecan pie tomorrow. Thank you, Southern Bastards. And I will be collecting you from here until forever in single issue format. You're a crafty guy. Why don't you build some custom single issue drawers? Yeah. Uh, Something may- that could sit on a bookshelf. Yeah. I yeah. Want, so the, the some thing kind is, of wood. Like, there's the spine. So what I want is some kind of holder where I can have like a old Dewey Decibel card that would go into it where I could yeah. write like Southern yeah. Bastards. Yes. Yeah. But that is, I would have to craft it with my hands because I haven't that. been able to find it on the interwebs. I have a solution for you. Okay. So this is custom boxes that you build. Yeah. And they contain all of the issues of a, of one series. Mm-hmm. Right. And it goes on a bookshelf. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it has along the side, and it, it decorated along the sides, maybe carved into the side of that box, mm. the title of the book, mm-hmm. looking sweet on your bookshelf, single issues. I love it. I love the idea yeah. of it. I can do all those things. Will you get to work? It's just allocating the time to do such. Oh, okay. It's important, and... Uh, it requires, I think, immediate your attention. Yes. Cool. Hey guys. Well, uh, how about how about we crunch some comics? 
<laughs> Let's crunch. I'm hungry. Let's crunch it. Awesome. All right. So this week, as in every week, we have picked three titles each that we think are worth your hard-earned skrill. We are going to give ourselves just a couple minutes. We're still saying skrill. Why? I like it. Okay. Keep going. Awesome. To uh, to pitch these books to you and show them why they're worth your, your money. Um, so I am going to kick it off this week, starting with Thor number five. Curtis, you talked about this book the last time it came out. Yes. I have been pretty on board with this book. Um, but man, this fifth issue has really sold me. I would call this Thor number five subtitle Lady Power Rules. I mean, there's no denying that all the women in this comic are outstanding. Yeah. So yeah. Thor, uh, Amazing Thor, I'm sure as everyone knows, uh, has been as changed from being Odin's son, who is kind of the traditional Thor that we know, um, and is now the mighty Thor, who is a woman. And this has been all over the news. Issue number five is there's this awesome scene where it is a little hard to talk about. There's a really great scene with her and Freya uh, at the end of this book that really solidifies a lot of what Jason Aaron is trying to do in in this book. What do you guys think about Thor number five? I know you both read it. I was in love with it. I I love Freya so much in a couple issues in this series. I I think the mother of Thor could have her own comic book. Absolutely, yeah, totally. She's written so well. She's so interesting, such a complex character. Her husband is a huge dipshit. Yeah, Odin really sucks. I I loved Odin in this book. I mean, I love his character, but... Oh, no, because he's he's a huge dipshit. Yeah, Yeah. but he just, at one point, he just throws his arms up. He's like, why is no one listening to (laughs) Odin, the All-Father? I hung the stars, damn you. (laughs) I hung the stars! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's such a prick. And, you know, as as the wife of a dude like this, you know, Freya's got some stories. Yeah. She's oh, yeah. been through some shit. She's led armies. She's, you know, raised godlings. I mean, yeah, cool lady. Yeah, and we're, we see a little bit of her in the um, Angela book that we are always talking about. That's the companion book to this book. I agree. You must be reading both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I want a theory craft. I think I feel a theory craft I'm going ready. on. Do it. Yeah. I think we're going to get a big Marvel crossover featuring Freya. I think she's going to be centerpiece. Let's do it. To a big, well, if it's not a whole Marvel crossover, but at least like a Asgardian, you know, she's like three, four books. going to be like all about Freya. Let's do I'm it. Ready. Yeah. Chick rocks. Maybe all- she'll revolt. Maybe she'll like overthrow the, the Allfather. Oh, there's a couple oh. times like on the moon where Freya's just like Odin. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I'm the yeah. boss. No, what would be sweet is, is Mighty Thor, Freya, team up. I mean, ooh. That'd be all. I want Odin's son, Freya, Mighty Thor to really have to destroy someone's life. Let's get some Sif up in that piece too. Uh, also, well, Sif. Yeah, she's in. She has a yeah. great scene in this book. I loved the scene with Sif in here. I loved Thor like sitting at a bar, like crossing out the names of the people who might have taken right? his hammer away. <laughs> like really... it's just a Thor way to go about it. Like I'm just gonna figure this out. So just a list of names. Whilst he gets totally hammered. Yeah, yeah, he... yeah it's good. Um, I, what I like about this book is. I read a lot of the theories on who people think the new Mighty Thor is, and I feel like Jason Aaron just surfs the internet and is like, oh, everyone thinks that it's this person, and then he writes the next issue, and it's like, nope, and then we, as the fans, kind of do the Thor and just cross that person. Everyone thought it was Freya for the longest time. Cross that out last issue. I don't know who it is, now man. Everyone, know you know, everyone thought it was Siv. Cross that out, this issue. So now, no, I, I have no idea. I also liked in the beginning of this issue how they just flew in the face of, because who's, who's she fighting? 
who's Thor fighting at oh, the beginning right. of this. Yeah, it's um, I can't remember who it is. Uh, the re- not the wrecker, absorbing man. Absor- the absorbing in man. Titana. In Titana, yeah. And he's like, uh, "How come you got to be a chick?" <laughs> This right. is feminist bullshit, yeah, totally. which is what we hear all the time. Like right. people, yeah. why are you gonna turn Thor into a lady? Like people are so pissed about yeah. it. Well, a section of people, yeah. a section of people, yeah. and it, it's just he just dives right into it in this yeah. book. Like, yeah, man, deal with it. I'm kicking your ass well, right now. And Titana is also she has a really awesome. I won't ruin it, but there's a really awesome exchange between her and Mighty Thor, where like they just. She respects Thor so much yeah. because, like, they both have had to fight for who they are because they're women, and it's just so awesome how that whole scene plays out. I really dig it. It's good stuff, and I like uh, Jason Aaron taking the bull by the horns. Just went right will. into it. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, homeboy's like, shouldn't I call you Lady Thor or She Thor? Yeah. And, and then she smashes his face with a yeah. hammer. Yeah, pretty awesome. So yeah, that's uh, Thor number five. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. And we, I think we're due for a trade here in another month or two probably, right? Yeah, so we're, we're close. Yeah, that adds five up. Five or six issues, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Curtis, your first pick for the week is Help Us Greatest Warrior, number one. This is a new number one put out by Kaboom Studios, yeah. the all-ages imprint of Boom. So uh, Help Us Great Warrior, number one, it's by Madeline Flores. Uh, who's been doing this as a webcomic for a while. I love this comic. So I we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Like uh, Teen Dog, Adventure Time, Being Puppycat, not normally my jam. You don't like Adventure Time? I don't. Oh, wow. Yeah, I find I just it's just not my style of humor. This Did book, you interview Marcus before we hired him? I don't think so. I think Who we, interviewed him? It was a blind hire. Wow. Gotcha. <laughs> no, uh, it's just not my not really my style of humor. This book though, Tickled me in my funny bone. I really like this book. I want to make a whole wall. Reading this comic made me want to make a whole wall in the comic shop that was nothing but Midas Flesh, Help Us Great Warrior, Adventure Time, Lumberjanes, Being Puppy Cat, Teen Dog. There is a wave of books that I think just gush fun. Are those and cute. all of those books are are boombox and kaboom? Yeah. Maybe they are. Those dudes are killing it. Yeah. So this is the like the all ages imprint of Boom Studios. Yes. Now, is Boombox and Kaboom two different imprints? Are they still doing Kaboom? Oh, maybe Kaboom became Boombox. I don't know if they're still doing Kaboom. I'll talk yeah. That. yeah. It's a lot of booms. Yeah. A lot of booms. It's Boom Studios is the parent company though. You know what I loved about this book in particular? Tell me. Was um they did a lot of world building, like right out of the get go. Totally, and a lot. I feel like a lot of these books don't spend the time to do that. But for this book, like the aesthetic of it, like Greatest Warrior looks pretty simple, but like the monsters that are going on and the landscape that's taking place is all really intriguing. And and you can't tell if the Great Warrior is a, a man or a woman. I think it's a definitely a lady. Okay, strikes some really great poses, like battle poses, like something's about to happen, and it's just like Kling! yeah full page of like sword in the air type shit no I love it because there's one where like greatest warrior is getting ready to fight this giant dragon and then like this hand comes out of the frame with a sword and it's got like a little arrow it says like sword yeah. and then greatest warrior grabs the sword and like goes to fight off the demon yeah I, I had a ton of fun with this book could you, you describe this character like I so you, you can't really tell what species yeah it's like a Kirby type blob yeah. with oh, like a good way to put it. arms and legs with a big bow on its head yeah could it's you got, read the last page of this book it's got cute little boots Oh, oh, yeah. Do you hear that? It's the sound of me believing in myself. I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. They reprint like a one, like a classic "Help Us Great Warrior" web strip. This is from the web comic. Yeah, it's the last page. It's so dope, dudes. This comic is really good, really fun. 
I, I think very accessible. I think we might have a new all ages hit on our hands with Help Me Greatest Warrior. I loved it so much. I think uh, the it's so cute, and the monsters are like really scary somehow. Yeah, and I love that juxtaposition. Like that one demon shows up, and it's like this is horrible. Well, and like the the species with whatever greatest warrior is, there's like one of them inside this demonic creature surrounded by fire. So we don't know if like that creature is controlling this demon, right? Or if the demon is somehow absorbed or is like part of this creature. But that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these books, for me at least, I, I don't see the depth. But on this book, like I there's enough in it that I, I yeah. really see something to, to dig into. I like the uh, shaman who summons the great warrior. And <laughs> While then, great warrior is sleeping. <laughs> and she's she's at the village and the other hero shows up and she's like, Yeah, I'm a hero and she's like, I don't have you on my list. So she like updates her information on the magic scroll with the magic pen. Yeah, it's Let awesome. Let me update your information. Yeah, the girl's like, so that funny. normally costs like so much money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really cute stuff. It's good, good, good. So uh, help us, Great Warrior, issue number one. Dudes, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, good, cute. Totally. Nick, your first pick for the week is actually a graphic novel. It's March, volume two. That's correct. Uh, so this actually came out a few weeks ago, but we didn't talk about it. And it's February, it's Black History Month, it, it is a really great book, and I thought it, it it bore revisiting. So, have you guys checked this out? Did you read March Volume 1? Volume 1 I have read. Yeah. I have not. It's, it's quite good. It's fantastic. So, this is the story of um, Congressman John Lewis, who is was at the vanguard of the Civil Rights Movement. So, he was um, instrumental to uh, really early stages of the, of the Civil Rights Movement, and... He recently did an interview on the Diane Reem show, which I was yeah. listening to yesterday. Love me some Diane. I love the Diane Reem show. Yeah. She's a national treasure. She is. She's throwing that out there. Agreed. And uh, I learned a lot. So this book is really great. So um, Nate Powell is um, has do is doing all the art for it. It's written by John Lewis and one of his aides, Andrew Aiden. Cool. And um, Nate Powell, I think, is um, one of... The best artist making comic books. He's, what, what's that book? Any Given Empire? Is that him? Any Empire. Any Empire. That was him. Oh, man. That dude's great. Yeah. Um, what are some other credits that that dude has? I'm totally blanking on his books. I can see it in my mind. We'll look it up, and we'll post it on the website. Superskullshow.com. Superskullshow.com. But what I learned from this interview yesterday is that comic books played a really big uh, part well, let's not let's not go too crazy. But there was one comic book in particular that was uh, that was a huge deal in the civil rights movement. It was called the Montgomery Story. Have you guys heard about this? Yes. So there we, there are reprints of it, and we have it available in the shop. Yeah. And this was translated into many different languages. It was given out and bought by social movements and like peaceful protest movements all around the world. It was translated into all these different languages, and it was given out at these different organizing committees in the United States as kind of like a primer about nonviolent, peaceful protest. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Um, it was also edited by Martin Luther King. Right. Which, like, you just think about... Junior. Martin Luther King Jr. You just think about him, like, editing a comic book script. That, I'm in love with I me know. thinking about that and that happening. And I had no idea. No. Um, and John Lewis cites it as, like, you know, an influ influential part of his kind of coming up and learning about the movement and... Um, yeah, these books are just fantastic. Nate Powell, even if just for the history and just for like the crazy ass story that is John Lewis's life, if you just take this as a as a narrative with amazing art, um, it's complete. 
completely stands on its own. But it's it's the full package. It's it's the real deal. Do I need to read book one before reading book two? You don't have to. I really would. Um, yeah. Book one deals with uh, him, you know, John Lewis growing up and uh, kind of, you know, how he got to the point where he started getting involved in the movement. It's about him growing up on a farm. He preached to chickens. That he was, practiced. He practiced yeah. his preaching to a bunch of chickens. Nice. Um, and he was really young when he started preaching to a con- congregation, right? So that's the thing is he was a super young dude when he got involved in the movement in the first place. Um, and he's still around today. That's dope. He's still a U.S. congressman. So um, March Book 2 by John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and Nate Powell from Top Shelf. Um, it's still pretty recent. And if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. Awesome. All right, so that was our first round pick for the week. Moving into our second round picks, I'm going to start off with Darth Vader. Number one. That was my Darth Vader sound. What would you guys think? Is that what that was? It was pretty good. Oh, man, I thought it sounded sounded good. All right, uh, so Darth Vader number one, Karen Gillian, drawn by, what is La Roca's first name? Salvador. Salvador La Roca. That's just a good name. It's real good. Yeah. Um, and it's Star Wars Darth Vader, number one. Everyone, I'm assuming, who's listening to this podcast read Star Wars number one. Well, I hope that they did. Yeah, it, it, the biggest comic book sale. Release. Release. In 20 years. Yeah, yeah. in 20 years. So Big it seems deal. like a lot of people read it. Um, so I, I'm i going to start off by saying, out of all of the Star Wars characters, it seems like a lot of people might put Darth Vader top three. I'm not one of those people. So I was a little I was a little hesitant coming into this book. I feel like Darth Vader maybe hasn't aged as well I as some of with the you. other Star Wars characters. Yeah, I know there's someone listening to this podcast right now who's just like shaking. Um, but you know, like Han Solo is pretty timeless. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke Skywalker, the the farm boy to hero. That's a really you know everyone's kind of down with that. But Darth, to me at least, just hasn't aged as well. That being said, this comic is dope. And uh, it's it's really good. And one of the things I worried about with Darth Vader, Star Wars, and Princess Leia, the three titles that Marvel is launching with, um, is that they would be really disjointed. But it's totally the opposite. It looks like it's going to be the opposite of that. Yeah, Darth Vader is 100% linked into the Star Wars comic book. They are they are essentially the same to story the, to the point where I don't think this would like make a lot of sense no. if, you, if you didn't read the last one right like it, it ties pretty heavily into the events of Star Wars number one yeah which absolutely. is pretty cool and I liked this more than Star Wars yeah you know Did I think you? you could get away with just reading this you know it's uh, I, but they are linked pretty intrinsically yeah. yeah but yeah I think you could rock this let's talk about the 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 crawl here the classic Star Wars crawl right out of the gate. Um, you know, once upon a time in a universe far long ago. Yeah, but this is like from the perspective of the Empire. The Galactic right. Empire. What do they call it? Like the rightful Galactic Empire or something? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're a bastion of like stability and like these exactly. rebel insurgents. Yeah. Terrorists, you might say. Yeah, are, it's pretty uh, cool. Rocking the boat. In yeah, a bad I love this book. It was like the way that they got into so they they dissolved the congress that happened in the first star wars movie yep. like we heard you know grand moff tarkin oh, wow this is all still in there it, I, you you remember him talking about how they just dissolved the congress yeah. right? right and now the death star has been destroyed and those were their two arms you know they could either placate people by you know thinking that they had a congress or they could rule them with fear right. yeah. so like we're in crisis mode for the empire right now totally right. 
Yeah. I love it. It's just the Empire's ultimate peacekeeping force, the Death Star. Yeah. Peacekeeping force? Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, so this- uh, They have a particular view on things. Yeah. Right. The Empire. This book uh, also, I will say, uh, so it starts out on Tatooine. We're uh, we're we're in hut hut territory. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's really interesting to see Darth Vader in these locations that we already have connections with. Yes, and Darth is kind of following the trail of all of Luke and and all these other people. I He's trying to figure out that. what's going on. Um, the art at times does seem a little disproportional. I will say there were some parts of the art that bugged me. So on that big double page spread, yeah. Darth Vader does look like he's my height. R- yes, yes. He's like surrounded by. Yeah, it's not really working. It's like a perspective but, shot. But you guys, the action yeah. in this book is really great. The dialogue between Darth and Jabba is really good. Super good. Yeah, um, because these are two evil people. You know, kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Well, and Hutt always thinks he has the upper hand no matter what the situation right. is. Yeah. And you're like, no, dude, this is Darth Vader up in your crib. But what I really like about this book is uh, half of it takes place on Tatooine. The other half is some dialogue between Darth Vader and the Emperor. And we find out like- It's I, his performance review. It's essentially his performance review. Yeah, yeah. And his performance lately has been poor. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting because we go from Anakin to Darth pretty quickly in the in the cinematic universe. Um. But I think this book is doing a really good job of making me realize that they're still the same person. And that's something that Star Wars has always had a really hard time doing. I agree with you. The last page of this book is a direct tie-in to show you that Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader are the same person. And it does it in a really effective and interesting way. Did you notice that on Absolutely. that last page? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun. I, I think I give a shit more about Darth Vader if I care that he's actually... I care more about Anakin Skywalker than I do about Darth Vader. Well, That's a more interesting story. It's way more interesting if it's a great warrior who who did all these things, or a peacekeeper, whatever. You know, if Anakin had this amazing life before the fall. Right. And that's one of the things that bums me out about episodes one, two, and three, is it's kind of like he's kind of, you know, whiny and... Not you know you don't see any of these accomplishments. There's no great fall before he becomes Vader. Right. You know. Yeah. So it it'd be way more interesting to me if we get a lot more. Why is Anakin special? What did he do that was great? And how did he fall from these these lofty heights? Right. I dug this because I love the the perspective shift to the Empire and like I love the idea of like the bureaucratic side. Absolutely. Like the logistics of running the Empire. You love the bureaucracy and the I, management I side I love of it. this. That's my thing. That is awesome. <laughs> so the uh but the way that they're like shifting personnel around like they're, they're putting different people in charge like admirals are getting shuffled and you know it's just I think that shit is so cool uh, the the behind the scenes of the empire is always yeah. something I've wanted to see and hopefully they'll they'll dig into that a little bit more yeah like we see a lot of TIE fighters where are those made how exactly. are you paying for those sure are you paying for them like is there middle management in the TIE fighter factory I want to know there's that. gotta be I mean there yeah. has to be right yeah that shit's cool yeah Really cool. Um, I will say we're, we're meeting characters from the universe. We're meeting a lot of them in this book. Yeah. And uh, I I don't want this book series to become clustered with characters. No, I, I so I'm in love with this, and I will not give away the plot twist, but they tie into two like major things 
from the original trilogy that I think are super important and we need more info on. And and it involves Vader and I'll say no more. But there was two moments in here that was like, yes, I want to know this. Yeah. So cool. and it involves these uh, these folks that show up at the end. So dope. Awesome. So yeah, that's my pick, Darth Vader number one. I uh, highly encourage everyone to let let's hear your Darth Vader one more time. Wow, it's pretty weak. Oh come on, give me your Darth Vader. What's a better Darth Vader? No, I'm good. Moving on. God, Darth, I think I do a very convincing. Darth Vader. Uh, I can tell this makes you uncomfortable. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. So Curtis, so your number two pick for the week is Guardians of the Galaxy number twenty-four. This is the Black Vortex tie-in. It is. What in the hell is a Black Vortex? And how do I understand what's going on? Oh well, okay. Let's get into it. So this is a Marvel crossover. The first issue of Black Vortex was just called Black Vortex X Men and Guardians of the Galaxy. Black Vortex Alpha. Alpha, right? Obviously, of course. Duh. So, and that's that's part one, and of course, part two of that storyline will be in Guardians of the Galaxy number twenty-four. No, that's easy to follow, right? Right. Yeah. uh, yeah, Please tell me there's a checklist. Boom. There is a checklist. We can help you. Come into the store. It goes Alpha twenty-four. This is that's how the alphabet works. uh, X Men twenty-nine or whatever it is thirty. Yeah. So the way it works is Black Vortex Alpha is the beginning. Black Vortex Omega. Is the end the beginning and the end? It's a lot of that symbolism. And then going in between on. there, you got some Guardians of the Galaxy and some, some X Men, some legendary Star Lord, Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. Okay, I'm just gonna go out in the hallway and kill myself, and you guys can keep talking about this. <laughs> Sue, all that said, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. This has been a really fun book. It's still fun. Twenty four issues in, yeah, I like it. So it's interesting. Some of these characters that have come and gone, we now are loving in their own books, like Angela, for example. Uh, so Black Vortex is uh, an item, an ancient item of power, like an infinity stone or, you know, pick your pick your poison. Created, created by who? The Celestials. Okay. It was given to a race of beings called the Viscardi many, many, many millennia ago. Uh, it gives great power. It also corrupts. This race went nutsoid, wiped themselves out. Well, yeah, it's great power, man. That yeah. comes with a lot of... Other stuff. Responsibility. I, think, I mean, I don't know, but yeah. yeah that would, could be one of it. I've heard of responsibility is yeah. one of those things. Um, so uh, this item has now fallen into the hands of, I don't know if I want to say who it's fallen into the hands of because there's a good twist. So there's a, a dude named Knife who's been hunting down Peter Quill. His name is Knife. Knife. Okay. Knife is not who we think Knife is. Knife is somebody else. Spoiler alert. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it is pretty neat. Um so uh, where we're at now is the Black Vortex has now come into the hands of the Guardians and more specifically Gamora. And she absorbs the power of the Black Vortex. She looks dope. She looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she basically looks like any anything that's a shadow on her is the universe. And it looks so kick-ass. Whoa. Yeah. So, so my question about Black Vortex yes. is we're going to – is it reversible? Don't know. Wait, is what re- I I don't know okay, what this means. So, no, no. Okay, so, so the, let's say the the on the back wall is the black vortex. In, it's like uh, it is hanging it's up on the wall in the it's studio. A yeah. It's an item. Yeah, it's an yeah. item. It's an artifact. So, if you will. Do we know what the item is, or are we not spoiling it? No, it's it's like a giant mirror. Okay, yeah. got the it. Black vortex. Got yeah. it. So you look into the black vortex as Nick. Yeah. And it shows you the most powerful, best, perfect oh. part of yourself that you could be. So it just looks just looks like me. So now Nick loves the black vortex. <laughs> right. So uh, 
it, it makes you as good as you can be. Okay. Physically, powerfully. In the it, vortex. No, no, no. Oh, it beca- I, I become reality. that. Yeah. Okay. But it corrupts the mind because you've gone from being someone who has flaws to being someone who doesn't have flaws. So you're the best person that you can be, but you're to- but you're corrupt. You're the best physical version of yourself. Got it. And powerful version of yourself. Okay. But your mind maybe is corrupt with okay, power. Okay, that's, that's what the black vortex is. It's a sweet mirror. Okay, it's an awesome mirror. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men are teaming up. <laughs> uh-huh. To make sure this thing doesn't fall into the hands of this dude named Knife, who's I'm not gonna say who's somebody else. He's, his name is Knife, but it's not Knife. Correct. And you gotta read the book to find out because once you find out, you'll be like, oh, okay, this is kind of like. I'm really glad I didn't read it because I'm go- I'm trying to go on this journey with you and understand yeah. what the hell you're talking about. And I think I get it now. Yeah. So you've been liking X Men recently, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the current run of just X Men. Totally. Yeah, it's been fun. And, and Guardians has been a lot of fun. Is, uh-huh. is yeah. Flash Thompson still around in this? He. I don't know if Flash Thompson's in this issue. I only made it halfway. Flash Thompson is totally in this issue. Okay. Yes. I only made it about halfway through this book. He is the Sorry, most guys. interesting part of the new Guardian storyline for me. I think he's he's one component that I like. I'm I'm in love with Gamora, and I can't get enough of uh, Star Lord. Yeah, so. for me, the the Flash Thompson, the Venom run they just did about like going to the symbiont home planet. That has been some of the best Guardian stuff. I thought I would hate that, time. and I thought it was pretty cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a crossover mostly involving um, Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men. It looks like it's 13 or 14 books in total. Yeah, that's what it... So, this, so it's not a gigantic, big publisher-wide crossover. No. no. It's one of those little crossover-lets. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's X-Men and Guardians, but then they both have a couple... You know, I think Nova it goes has into an issue. Nova. exactly. Yeah. So okay. the the semi connected, yeah. you know, cool. universe books. So if you're into like the Marvel, spacey stuff, there you go. Give it a shot. Okay. Cool. I thought this issue was a lot of fun. I wasn't completely sold after Omega, but Alpha, Alpha. Excuse me. So uh, fucking comic books. <laughs> that's Guardians of the Galaxy number twenty four. Here's the thing: if you're just reading Guardians, you don't need any of that other stuff. It's got a full page like story so far. If you're reading Guardians, keep reading it. You can ignore Black Vortex. Awesome. Okay. All right, Nick, your second round pick for the week <laughs> That's is... your endorsement, is that you, could, you can ignore this. You could. Like, don't let it sh- steer you away from Guardians, though. That, right. That it's a fun book. Like, I am having a little bit of fun with Black Vortex. Like, yeah. it's not my favorite crossover. Yeah. But we're also only two issues in. Right. And the first one was a little confusing, but um, I love seeing these superheroes in the most deadly form of themselves. Like Nova, you know Nova's gonna. Nova's always been a character that seemed really underdeveloped to me. Seeing Nova, what they're gonna do with him once he gets absorbed or changed by the Black Vortex, and you know they're gonna do it. That's really interesting to me. That could be yeah. cool. Yeah, I get my hackles up so hard for these kinds of things. But my then we my had cynic Sp- dar goes just through the roof. But then love, we had Spider Verse. I know, and I love Celestial so much, though. You know, in in spacey weird Marvel. So when they I do bring love all spacey this weird Marvel, bizarre Jack Kirby stuff. In, yeah, you know. And the Spider-Man stuff sometimes stands on its own because sometimes that can be well known. Then I think of Spider Island and I retract my statement. Why do you hate? That's another conversation. Okay. You and I are going to get into Spider Island. <laughs> so right. We can do that. Super Skulls one shot. Nick and Marcus argue about Spider Island. Let's do it. Okay, and I'll just cool. say like bed bugs every now and then. <laughs> All right, Nick. Your second round pick for the week is Spider Woman 
number four. Speaking of spiders. Speaking of spiders. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot to say about this book except for it was a lot of fun. I'm going to be reading Spider-Woman going forward now. After reading this issue, I've been liking it. It's been a lot of fun, but I'm I'm totally all in on the character now. So this kind of wraps up the Spider-Verse stuff for Spider-Woman. Okay. So now we're getting into what's going on with her going forward. She's quitting the Avengers, and it's... This is, you know, what's this character going to look like from now on? Mm. And I'm totally into it. I had never read any Spider-Woman until the this kind of Spider-Verse stuff got going. And I really, really dig it. It's really funny. The action is good. Um, there's a lot of confusing, like, multiple character. You know, there's two Jessica Drews. and like, But they totally made it work. Nice. E- even though it was kind of convoluted and kind of weird with the Spider-Verse stuff, it was like, it totally worked. This book kind of picks up midway through the end, the ending of Spider-Verse. Yeah. And so for a minute, my head was kind of turned around, but then the second half of the book, we're just moving forward with it. Her so. relationship with Carol Danvers is one of my favorite buddy relationships in the Marvel it's universe. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. She pops into Captain Marvel all the time, uh, Jessica Drews does, and Carol Danvers, it seems like, is going to be around in Spider-Woman. And their relationship is just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The character's yes. super funny, and um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So Sam Humphreys, the guy who writes this book, I know he's Hopeless. done... Oh, is this Dennis Hopeless? Dennis Hopeless. Okay, so that's a name that I've seen on a lot of books. Um but I, I can't connect it directly to a book, right? Yeah. He's, and I, I'm sorry, Dennis. Um, I know I've read some stuff from you. I've I'm going to look it up. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, the writing on this book is just rock solid. The dialogue's great. Yeah, it's really great. funny. Characters are, are fleshed out. Yeah, it makes, me, it makes me wonder why this dude, Dennis Hopeless, is not on my radar already because it's, it's such a fun book. Yeah, and it should, uh, it should be noted that in issue five next month, uh, Spider Woman's gonna get her costume changed. Got a costume change that's less spandexy. Yeah, so that's pretty be cool. cool. Yeah, so that's Spider Woman number four by Dennis Hopeless, published by the House of Ideas, as our good friend Norm would say, the House of Idea. Zang! I love that joke. It's so funny. I'm not really dissing Marvel. I like them just fine. I yeah. use that joke constantly. Yeah. Awesome. So those are our second round picks for the week. Moving into our third and final round, I am going to this. This is sad for me, guys. This is likely the last time I will be able to pick Wild's End as a comic book, and I've done every single issue but one. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I think I'm going to try to talk about this book without getting overly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild's End number six. How did it wrap up? Is the wrap up issue? It was awesome. It was really, really good. Uh, it, I saw you shrug a little bit earlier yeah, when you were... Yeah, so the, uh, it's hard to talk about the last book of a series because you Wrap don't want to spoil tough. it. Wrap-ups are a hard thing. So, okay. So, this book, yeah. Were you I, satisfied with the ending? Yes. What's this book about? This book is about unlikely people coming together to defeat something that seems undefeatable. And it's also, they're also as animals. As animals. I don't know if... I mean, that matters, but yeah, it does matter. Um, so I've talked about this book a ton, Animal, Humans, British Child Fairy Tale-like Society Attacked by Alien that also is a lamppost. Um, this book is my favorite book of 2014, uh, without fail. Um, it wraps up nicely. Yeah. I would say there's some real moments of badass heroism. Totally. In this book, everyone kind of finds their role. 
The comeuppance and of Foxy is Foxy. My... In, I I hate to bring it up because sometimes I talk about me getting misty eyed, and then it becomes a thing that Marcus just cries a lot. Yeah. Um, Foxy, who is a character who starts out being considered the town drunk, and by the end of this book is uh, I am always a sucker for the dude who's willing to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. That's why I like Cap so much. Um, Foxy has a really good sacrifice play moment. Um, and it's, you know, it, the, this team, this team of characters is um, is the best. It has, it you know, it has intellectuals. It's got stoic bravery. It's got, the, you know, the, the sacrifice play. Really, really enjoyable. Um I don't know what I wanted from the end of this book. It's a tough book to end. But Yeah. I almost care less about anything other than the characters too. So like, you know, I don't want to say like the 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 conflict is an afterthought, but you know, as you're reading the book, like I like that cuz it it drives the interactions of the characters. Exactly. What's it's, driving me forward? It's not the fact that there's an alien invasion. Yeah, like right. I mean, that's great. I want to hear these dudes talk to each other. Exactly. And e- respond it. to things right. and yeah. I will say the last page, two uh, the second to last page of this book, um I really like the panel work. Absolutely. I, I that was something that really stuck out to me. The, uh, so here's what I'm going to say about Wild's End. Um it's been a great series thus far. At this point, you're probably going to want to wait for the trade if you're not. A glorious hardcover. Which I will be buying. Um, I don't know if this book can end in a way that where you're going to smile and high-five yourself because it's so good. Um, because it's been as close to perfect of a comic book as I've ever read throughout the journey. Um, so I don't know how you end that. Um, that being said... We, we've talked about doing a uh, radio hour reading of this book. Yeah. And I've never been more motivated to do something in my entire life. So read this book. Um, if, you, if your friends have it, get it from them. Get, get it as soon as you can. It's We'll record that radio show, and if it's a total shit show, we'll just no one will ever hear it. And we'll, yeah. we'll put it, we'll bury it underground. So I'm yeah. going to make a statement about Wild's End. Yeah. I would say that this is my third favorite comic book of all time. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> okay. What's one and two? Uh, Kingdom Come. Of uh-huh. course. Ha- number two might take you by surprise, but I just loved it every yeah. second of it. Half Past Danger. It's a oh, great book. I love Half Past Danger. It's outrageously yeah. good. So, yeah, right now I would say in Marcus's top three, Kingdom Come is number one. Alex Ross's Grand Opus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it defines superheroes. Uh, Half Past Danger is a mix of all of my childhood in one book. G.I. Joe, Indiana Jones, yep. Nazis, Captain America, dinosaurs. dinosaurs. It is my Ninjas. childhood Ninjas. played into one comic book. So yeah. all of those books are are all team books. They all have very they're all very character based team books. Yeah, they all involve noble sacrifices. Yeah, I I am the biggest yeah. sucker for the noble sacrifice. I'll just say that if there's like if there's a, a, a I don't, I don't even want to joke about, it, but like, if there's something bad in Vault of Midnight, and one dude has to make the sacrifice, but just don't even question it. Just get out of the building. No, we're gonna I've, send Marcus. I'm already. No, you don't even need. I'm already on it. Marcus is right. on the grenade. We all. We already wrote a procedure for it, yeah, dude. The we're on top of it. But I think like, you nailed it, Curtis. That the if if the ending suffers from anything, it's that this book wasn't driven by the conclusion of a plot. Exactly. It really is a character-driven thing, and we just wanted to get to know these characters more and more. Yeah. And now we don't, and that's really sad. Exactly. And right, then, because we, we finally have like this working team. Yep, yeah, exactly. Fuck. Um, that being said, you know, maybe there'll be more. 
Don't say so. This is so the ending leaves it so that maybe you could view this conflict conflict through another team's perspective. Yeah. No. But don't do it. But or that maybe we will learn more about this team in the future. Um, the only thing I think I want from this book, and it, selfishly I should say, like I want more, I want more, I want more. I think the only thing I want is a prequel all about Clive and his service in the military. I was just about to say that. That's I just want to watch Clive slip away in a in the theater of combat. Yeah, that is all. That I just would read the shit out of that book. Yeah, I, I would be way more interested in, in that than a sequel to this. Oh, right. absolutely. You know, because I love I love when they do this, and it's a window in the world, yeah. and it leaves you at a place where there could be more, but we don't need more. Absolutely, it's, it's a fine stopping point. I yeah. would just read it like, what happened to Foxy? Why is he such a drunk? I yeah. would just I would read a book sure. about his escapades. Right, maybe like one book about each character. Yeah, a one shot issue. One shot issue. Each of the characters. Oh, that'd be so fucking good. So yeah, that's that. Read Wild's End. Read Wild's End. If you haven't read, you're, yeah. don't don't cheat yourself. Dan Abnett and INJ Colbert, those dudes, they're like up there among my favorite teams working in, in sure. comics. Can right I now. Um, do a sales pitch real quick? Oh Christ! Sales pitch. Sully is on the mic. We all we have all six issues in stock now. So if you don't want to wait for the trade or the glorious hardcover, or you love singles because you love back matter, who knows if it's going to be in the collection? Oh, the we back- don't know. They it better be because it's good back matter. All six issues available. No, we have issue number one. I just we got more in this afternoon. First printing, second printing. Oh, I, I don't know what printing. Hmm. But printings be damned. Yeah, buy this book. Yeah, so Curtis has gone crazy. I'm going crazy <laughs> for bargains. Yeah, buy this book. Yeah, right. you can buy it at full price right now <laughs> with a free bag and board though, and really nice customer service. Awesome. All right, so that's my. I, I don't want to stop talking about this, but like I feel we like we gotta stop. It's I know, okay. But I feel like there's so much that we haven't even touched on this amazing piece of comic book literature. If you come and find Marcus at the comic shop, he will continue to talk about Wild's End. Yeah, book some time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, set aside an afternoon. Put some change in the meter. You're gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't regret it. All right, Curtis, your last pick for the week is a new Valiant number one, simply titled Divinity. Yes. Okay, so let's get it out of the way. Who created it? Matt Kent. Yeah. We all like that guy. Mm -hmm. He's written a lot of great comic books. Trevor Hershine is the artist who I remember mostly from, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen him on a book, but uh, X-Men back in the day and Wildcats, I believe. Oh, Um, very sharp artist. I would put him in the camp of this dude named Travis Cherist. Remember this guy? Why does that name sound familiar? Because uh, he could never get comics done. He moved on and started doing stuff with humanoids. He did a Meta Baron's book, Weapons of the Meta Barons. Oh. So, holy shit, is he good. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Trevor Hershine is a guy who is uh, in that category, was. His style on this book's way different. Um, so this is about a, what, a Russian cosmonaut who is uh being trained for a top secret 30-year space mission it's set right during the space race of you know first to the moon yeah you know cold war uh height of the cold war russia Mm -hmm. america uh it's interesting to note that the lead character is african-american or well he's black black yeah yeah he's not not american not american not not russian yeah. Um, he appears, like, he literally like appears on a doorstep, so we don't know where he's from right. or where he comes from, really. he's a, It's it's an orphan-type situation. Exactly. Um, so he is a cosmonaut. His name is Abram Adams, is the lead character's name. It's a very American name. Yeah. 
right? That's something that caught me at least. Is like, yeah, his name's not like Victor Ivor or anything like that. It's, I mean, he has a very Western sound. Yeah, what name. is his name? Was he was he named in the in the basket? Was there exactly. a little car? We don't really know. Yeah, we don't we don't know, but I think that's he's the case. very mysterious. Yes. So this guy uh, is in the running with a couple other cosmonauts. He's the best. Peak physical condition, peak mental condition. He's chosen for this 30-year mission to the edge of the galaxy. Totally secret. Totally top Nobody secret. knows about it. Nobody knows. The Americans don't know. The general Russian populace doesn't know. They're only going to let the cat out of the bag if, like, you know, America gets to the moon or something first. Or Like, yeah, guess what? We sent a dude to the edge of the fucking galaxy. We win. Yeah. So um, that said, I don't want to say any more about this book other than I loved it. I love the premise. I thought the art was great. The hook is this guy shows up at some point in the future. Yeah. Abram Adams does. Abram Adams does. Yeah. Back from his mission. It is totally dope. I cannot wait to read the second issue. Yeah. um, Valiant is great and underread. Yep. Read Valiant comic books. They have amazing creators doing really kick-ass stories that are wholly original. I mean, original in that a lot of them are playing off of old characters from this old sure. imprint called Valiant, but it doesn't feel like the other big publishers in a lot of ways. They're kind of like big genre, crazy, superhero-ish books yeah. in their own universe. Well, and the tough thing, too, about Valiant is it's like a whole publisher of good books. Yeah. So if you're already like reading a bunch of comics like Image or Marvel DC, Dark Horse, when you when you start cracking the Valiant nut, you're you're in. It's, it could be trouble. There's they basically every book they publish, I'm reading or have read. Yeah. At some point. And I, I I'm hearing a lot of buzz about Exo Manowar it's, too. It's, it's rock just solid. Exo Manowar is outstanding. Yeah, but book. like it's the Exo Manowar now is like the best it's ever been. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really it. good. Who's writing Exo Manowar? Somebody really the, good. Uh, Joshua Dreisard. Dice. Nope. Dysart, that he's no. doing um, the other Valley, Harbinger. Harbinger. Yeah, which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Joshua Dysart is a phenomenal writer, and yeah. this is like he's doing Valiant stuff and nothing else right now. I think he's got two books for Valiant. That sounds right. I'll just so, say the, the cover on Divinity. Is just, is, Valiant does two things that I, I notice right out of the gate. One, their paper quality is especially the, the, the best the last in the couple. business. Yeah, that yeah. hasn't always been like this. Yeah. This but, matte finish. Yeah, as of late, they're like when you're bagging and boarding a Valiant cover, you know it and it feels of a higher quality. Yeah, absolutely. They do a really good job on that. Two, their cover art is some of the best in the business. Yeah, I mean, this is cinematic level poster. Yeah, it's real art sharp here, and it's and so many of their books are like this. It's yeah, really I'm, I'm a huge fan of science fiction. I love weird Twilight Zoney science fiction. I love alt history. This book has just got all that shit going on. It's it's what I want. Awesome. So yeah. Divinity number one. Divinity number one. Valiant Comics. Matt Kent and Trevor Hershine. Give it a shot. I you love need Matt to know Kent. nothing about Valiant. You know all that talk about Valiant being the best, and there's a lot of great books. You can just read this book oh, yeah. all by itself. Totally just dive right in. Awesome. So, Nick, your last pick for the week is Southern Bastards number 7. Curtis is already excited about the pecan pie recipe in the back. Yeah. How's the actual content of this one? It's, I don't know, this, this book is, um, it's going to give Jason Aaron's other big opus scalp to run for its money, I think. It's developing uh, so great. It's it's yeah. so, did you guys both read this? Yeah. I have not yet. I mean, I got, like, misty-eyed twice 
while reading this book. Yeah, Eula's boss, man. Eula's boss, the total Shh. asshole of the last arc, like the bad guy of the arc, the dude that you know who, who you're supposed to hate. He's the southern bastard that yeah. you like. He's in charge of why you hate this town. And now he, you just can't help but relate to him and, and want to know more about I'm him. I'm rooting and, for this dude. And rooting for it's him. It's weird. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Jason Aaron does. Yeah. Um, the, and the way that they play off, I mean, it's just his ambitions are just constantly thwarted. He's like, Eula's boss comes from this family that's just despised in, the, in, in Craw County. Yeah. Like, everybody hates him and hates his family and... He's just shit on constantly, and all he wants to do is play football because in in this town, like that's what you do, like you that that's how you make a name for yourself. He just wants to play football, and at every turn, so he has this moment where he is successful, and then even that is is kind of taken away from him. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, um, so you just you see the building of this character. You see how this this dude is like comes into his own and turns into the guy that we see in the first arc of the book. And it's characterization, like at its fucking finest, you guys. It's just I, I would put, Jason Aaron at his best. I would put up there with any writer I've ever read. Absolutely, um, of, of comic books, of prose, of of anything. And so, and he's doing a lot of things right that you, you could do poorly. I mean, he's doing a lot of tropes, right? Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, you, this boss's like mentor. Yeah, you know the blind old, you know magical if you will character yeah the magical negro trope which is exactly. like it's beat to death oh, constantly goodness, right and the and, but he knows it he's killing it you know all of this stuff like it's trailer trash it's yeah. you know there's there's so many things about this book that shouldn't work so many stereotypes and but he's saying like all right come at it i'm taking it it's, i'm owning it yeah it, it's dope two questions one do we know is jason aaron from the south yes, yes. he is okay yeah and so Se- is Jason Latour, the both the, of them the from the South. Okay. Yeah. Second question, I've uh, I've lent the first trade of this book to a friend. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this book could be uh, made into film, either TV or cinema? No problem. It easily could. Do you think it would could be done effectively? Sure. It would have to be like a long form kind of TV thing, because that's because that's yeah. the thing about. This is why this works so well as a comic, is that you have a month to sit on this little snippet that we get of this character, and then it just moves forward a little bit. And then we're going to jump over to this other character for a few issues. Right. And you need all of that depth. Like, we're just, the way that you know we're going to go back and forth, like, it needs a lot of room to breathe. Yeah. So I couldn't, as a movie, I don't know, but right. I think as a as a super, as a long form, like, you know, 10 episode TV show, maybe? I don't yeah. know. I love it as a comic. I don't want it to be anything else. And I love the water cooler. I love the time between single issues. That's the other, you know, yeah. going back yeah. to that single issue talk. We all work in a comic shop, so we're lucky in that way that we all read the same books a lot of times. And, you know, we get to stew on it. Yep. It's fun. We conject, we wait, we anticipate. We it's, argue, it's, we it's, theory craft. Yep. We, yeah. It's and this super is a, fun. And this is a book and books like it where it's not like there was a giant explosion in this issue. It was just a lot of small moments in this sad man's yeah. life. But I want to talk about it. I want to get into like that thing that happened on the football field and that thing that happened with his dad. And it's not this big, the stakes are as high as they can possibly be. It's just we're sure. learning about this dude. No, uh, it's the opposite of the stakes are so high. Yeah. It's the it's so zoomed in on a dude in his trailer and him trying to be a football player. Yeah. It's super tiny. 
it's it's so tiny and so much I think it's so much more impactful absolutely than, agreed than world cracking stuff yeah you know um, no shit's crucial just in your everyday yeah goings and goings on all that know? being said it's a kind of a bummer like maybe this book is not for everybody no I, I wish I wish it was for everybody it's dark but it's super dark it's very depressing it's got yeah. a lot of it's 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 a tough read sometimes it's not uplifting. New and it reflects definitely like there's some harsh language. Absolutely. In these I mean, this is deep southern white. It yeah. Is, uh, so you know when all that entails. So uh, you know it can be tough. The words coming out of people's mouths. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that being said, it's it's Southern Bastards number seven from Image. Um, if you're in the mood. I've made more recipes from Southern Bastards. You know you have, yeah. A cookbook. Uh, than I've made out of any cookbook in recent memory. Just throwing that out there. You know they're coming out with a cookbook. They are. They have to. It, they are. It, it's yeah. It's prime. I love it. Awesome. All right, so those are our picks for the week. We hope that you get a chance to peruse them at your local comic shop, preferably Vault of Midnight. But wherever. But wherever. Um, and now we are going to go into the Fast and Sassy. Oh right. Let's do it. Yeah, so we're going to give ourselves, as a team, a league, a force united, one minute to pitch you as many of the other comic books as we possibly can. Our record is 10, and uh, we're going to start right now. Conan, Red Sonia, number two. I'm in love with this book. I'm saying uh, Belit is up in here. Read it. Teen Dog from Boombox. We talked about this earlier. It's a lot of fun. He digs pizza. Miss Marvel, number 12, Carol Danvers, friend of Jessica Drew, uh, probably the coolest uh, superhero in a long time. X-Men, number 24, G. Willow Wilson of Miss Marvel fame is writing this book. I have yet to read it. This is her second issue. Check it out. Amazing Spider-Man, number 14, Spider-Verse is hurtling to a close. What do Spider-Men call each other when they're all in the same room? Uh, East of West, number 17, a book that we have not given the attention that it deserves Awesome, awesome stuff by Jonathan Hickman. The Walking Dead, number 137. Somehow I'm still reading this book. Why? It's got zombies. The Empty by Jimmy Robinson. It's probably one of the best covers I've seen in a long time. I was unmoved. Um, Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier, number five. One of the greatest covers of this week. The best art in Marvel right now. Abe Sapien, number 20, still moving the Magnoliverse forward. And time. There we go. I, Ooh, I got, I got that felt good. Got Do you agree with my statement? Bucky Barnes the best art in Marvel Comics right now? No. I like the art. But you don't think it's the but, best? Oh, there's so much good art in Marvel right yeah, now. Yeah, but this stuff is like particularly... I don't want to pick. Do I have to pick? Yeah. It has a flavor. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> oh, I can't pick. If I had to pick, I maybe I'll go with Angela. Ooh. Really? Um, who's doing Angela right that now? That is really I'm sharp, blank, though. That, that Bucky Barnes art, it's beautiful. art is really sharp. Yeah. Hey, how many books did we get? I got three. I got three. I got three. We got nine. We got right, nine. No, but it I, felt good. Yeah, it yeah. felt real good. It was a solid nine. Yeah. All right, that's the Fast and Sassy. Awesome. All right, well, we are moving on to the big, big Marvel news that we're sure most of you have already heard, but we want to give our two sets. That is that Spidey's coming home. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's it's kinda, complicated. Yeah, kind of. Marvel and Sony have reached an agreement that will allow Spider-Man, Peter Parker, to enter the Marvel Universe. Yeah, but here's the cinematically. Side. Yeah, cinematically, that's right. Marvel characters can enter... The Spidey Universe 2. Oh, really? It's a two-way street, y'all. Really? I thought it was kind of a one-way thing. No. I read a really big, detailed article about this. Money is not really changing hands. Kevin Feige is going to be executive producing the Spider-Man flicks. Where'd you read it? Can we can we link to this? Uh, uh, we'll find out later. Yeah. Can we put it on the thing? We will, indeed. Comics cool. Alliance somewhere, CBR, one okay. of these. Um, 
but dope. Yeah. Yeah. So Sony's not selling anything back. Yeah. They're keeping the Spider-Man property. They're just trading off. So here's the, that's beautiful. Here's it's the really bummer. Dope. What's the what's the bummer? There is a bummer to this to this announcement. Oh, there is one bummer. What is it? My man Andrew Garfield is done being Spider-Man. I know this isn't a bummer for you. I'm fine with that. I know you are, but some of us really dug Andrew Garfield as a Spider-Man, and I'm, I'm one, I of, those one of those people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, also, I think I dug Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man because he gave a shit about being Spider-Man and like read Spider-Man as a kid. There's a really great video of him giving like a little spiel before the uh, first comic con panel about the new. I was yeah. moved Spider-Man. to a little mist in my eye, which is easy to do. <laughs> but Garfield loved being Spider-Man. That's the thing, and he loves the character. You don't think Tobes loved being Spider-Man? I mean, no. I think he came to love it, but yeah. he, you know. Andrew Garfield's that dude who literally read the comic when he was a kid and loved Spider-Man, and then it's yeah. like, you're what? You want me to be Spider-Man in a movie? That's crazy. And then he gets the chance to be Spider-Man, and if you read some of the interviews after that second movie came out, he talked about like the editing, and they'd shot some other stuff that would have made that movie a little bit more true to the comics, a little bit more... They have the feel of a more Marvel movie, mm-hmm. um, but it got edited out. And uh, that really pushed some buttons at Sony. But the only reason he said any of that is because the dude legitimately gives a shit yeah. about being Spider-Man. And, and you know, I just wonder about, like, some of these actors. Um, I mean, like, playing Captain America is a big responsibility. There are a lot sure. of people who look up to you and have memories with that character. You know, does Chris Evans give a shit about being Captain America? I don't know. I'm just using him as an example. He must. But, like, He's so good. But... <laughs> He's the perfect Steve Rogers, you guys. He's the second. Well, that's a different conversation. Um, uh, but like Andrew Garfield, we know, gives a shit about being Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, there's photos of him in New York City in his Spider-Man costume, playing basketball with like random kids. That's pretty that's, dope. That's awesome. Yeah. Will we find someone who gives a shit about being Spider-Man as much as Andrew Garfield? I, I hope so. Know. Yeah, I hope so. Um, the flip side is Andrew Garfield's like 31, right? Uh huh. So you know. Even with the way we do movies and, you know, everybody in high school in a high school movie is really sure. 26 playing a 15-year-old. You're saying he's too old. He might be getting to the point, like, if we started filming a new Spider-Man now, a couple of years, you know, 34-year-old Spider-Man. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. got it. Maybe that's a, a thing, too, right? So the solution to this that, that I came to me instantly was Andrew Garfield stays in The Amazing Universe and continues to play Spider-Man, and then the Spider-Man we get in the Marvel Universe is Miles Morales, who's just as dope as Peter Parker. Yeah, let's start introducing continuity weirdness into the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Let's add the ultimate shit into it. Miles that, Morales is so dope. Yeah, they don't he, even go. They don't even don't even go Ultimate Universe. Exactly. Just, just make go, just go like Miles he, Morales. He got bit by a spider or whatever. That's the new. Fine. That's right. the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. right. I'm into that. Yeah. I don't need multiple universes. Yeah. But there's a thousand easy ways. To introduce Miles Morales sure. yeah. into that universe. Also, the Avengers are real white right now. It's true. There's Iron Man or uh, War Machine. Yeah. That's it. And we're getting Black Panther. There's Nick Fury. And Nick Fury, who's right. yeah. barely in the movies. Sure. Yeah. So like Miles would have been a sweet choice. 
We'll right. see. Yeah, I, I also want to go on record and say that I think Andrew Garfield is not a bad Spider-Man. Yeah, I think he's he's leagues better than Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. I much much prefer him. Those movies had some problems. You that know, second movie had a lot of problems. So I'm in love with um, all the Spider-Man movies. Yes, and they you have are. Their own problems, but I just read also in that same big article the most money-making Marvel movie franchise. Yeah, Spider-Man with the, the, the of a Marvel character. So of a Marvel character. So right. it has five movies. But it is far and away twice the moneymaker of any other Marvel really? character Not on the Wolverine. silver screen. Not Wolverine. Not the Avengers. Wow. Not Iron Man. The so give Avengers a couple more movies. A couple more movies you know. and it maybe will be there. Right. But, so, I mean, we're talking. But there was nothing when Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man came out in, in the year 2000. 2000? Dude. Come the fuck on. That yeah. was huge. Yeah, it was giant. So I was talking to uh, George up in Grand Rapids, our, our good friend. Um and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be interesting is if they could work it so Hugh Jackman could be in the movie as well, so he we could get Spider-Man and Wolverine and get the, kind of the full Avengers. Yeah. And his response was, you know, I don't know if I want that because I like what Marvel's doing with the Inhumans, and I agree. Yeah. I, I think that'll yeah. be cool. So uh, yeah, so yeah, we're gonna get some Spidey. Welcome home to Marvel, kind of. Yeah. And cool. then and they're even talking like goofy stuff like War Machine or Iron Man in a Spider-Man movie. I just love the whole crossover. Yeah, cross it over, it. mix like, them up, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Cool. Well, guys, it has been an absolute blast this week. Well, I'd like to invite you guys into the corner with me where we can play a board game. If you have a moment, will you join me? Yeah. All right. Walk with me. We're going over to the corner here. I have a little seat. This is nice. I got this game all set up for you. Let me just take my shoes off and put on my house shoes. Would you take your shoes off and put on your house shoes? I'm going to put on my cardigan. For the board game corner. Board game corner. Just this week, I played XCOM, the board game. New game. New game, brand new, just came out a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get to play it. Who'd you play it with? If I played it wasn't it, with me. I played it with uh, a group of friends of mine. Um, I played it with Phil Wong, actually, oh, yeah. our designer. Nice. And um, I kind of dragooned a group of people into playing it with me because it is a massive game. Massive. It's very complicated. There's oh. a ton of stuff going on. Okay. So XCOM, the idea is you're being inv- invaded by aliens. Yeah. The world's being invaded by aliens, like mm-hmm. so much Wild's End. And you are running the organization that's responsible for defending the whole Earth. Right. So this Shit. is a this is a cooperative game. One person is a communications officer. One person's the commander. One person's the squad leader. And everybody has these very distinct tasks that they're responsible for. And it gets really neat because you play with uh, an app. Mm. Oh, right. I was reading about that. Yeah, yeah. and it's got a real-time element. So as the communications officer, that was me... I had to relay the information that was coming off the app. So, you know, an action occurred. Aliens are invading the XCOM base. That means the squad leader has to do something. So the squad leader has to think about it, make their decision, and then I have to hit the done button before the next action comes up. And the whole thing is time constrained. So you can run out of time and not have enough stuff and then, and not be able to con- con- do all of the good things that you need to do to contribute to defending the earth. Hmm. There's a lot of management. You got to do research. You got to, you know, level up your soldiers. You got to send them out on missions. You got to buy ships. Um, there's a ton of. So we played for like probably a couple hours, and we got two rounds of this game done. Oh Whoa. Jesus! It's Fantasy Flight okay. as hell. If you're not familiar what? with Fantasy yeah. Flight games, it's a ton of components, a ton of rules, a ton of phases. Uh, I loved it. I had a wonderful time. Yeah. The people I was playing with were pretty much ready to stop playing <laughs> when we did. So you, you're you saying that maybe not a great intro, not a first board game. Absolutely not. I was okay. also really excited because the app teaches you how to play the game. 
there, there's Ooh. no instructions in the in in the box. It just what? says, "Here's how you set it up. Press play on the app, and then the app walks you through no shit. how to play the game." That sounds now, awesome. It kind of works. Okay. It's nice because you can just get. But it, what it actually comes out to is the communications officer, me, like reading a lot. Oh boy, mm. like a lot, just like <laughs> reading out loud to people. So uh, it's it was mostly successful, and yeah. it would be great to play with the same group of people multiple times. Like Marcus, you would love this game, yeah, because it's tactical teamwork. Yeah, as soon as you said squad leader, I, kind I saw of your eyes. Up my chest <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Exactly. I, like, I know someone Can who I... might want to play as a squad leader. <laughs> exactly. Like the commander's in charge of the budget. Yeah. So we get Steve Fidale on the budget. No shit. Yeah. We I'm, get, the, we I'm get the young Curtis, hothead. Curtis is on research. Okay, all right. And, it, and I already got the thing on my phone, so I, I guess I'll be the community. It's a four-player game. Four-player max. Need, you need four players? You need Well, you can do it with fewer, but you have to take on multiple roles, Ooh. And which seems like it would be completely hectic. Yeah. But I, anyway. I, just, I can just imagine, like, Steve with, like, a calculator and, like, crunching the numbers and me, like, shaking Curtis, like, we don't need more plant proteins. We need more guns. No, like, there's this great moment where, we're like, uh, what the squad leader was asking Phil Wong. Phil Wong's in charge of the budget. So the squad leader asks Phil Wong, I, love I need happening. more, I I need to be able to put, I need to buy this, uh, this sniper. I need to be able to get this sniper out onto the board. And he says, well, I want a gold-plated interceptor, but we don't have the money. And like it was like actually getting heated for a second, and it was awesome. And that and that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is totally working. I really nice. like this game. I want to play right now. Yeah, awesome. That's great. So, so yeah. XCOM, um, XCOM the board game. One out of ten intergalactic invasions. Ten being the best intergalactic invasion. So I want to give it. Oh, it's hard to say because I we didn't even finish a full game. Sure. So I'm gonna give it a. I feel like I've been giving out a lot of eights. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it another. I'm gonna give it a provisional. Eight and a half. No shit. Oh, wow. Because I think it's got a lot of it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Couple caveats, maybe it's a little advanced. If you get into it's it with serious. people that are ready to like sit down and play a serious board game yeah. and like want to dig into it and get into it, yeah. and then play that play it multiple times with that same group, sure. This could like just sing, I think. Nice. Uh, I want it to anyway. All right. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for uh, reporting. So Thank next you. week Nick will be not with us. I won't be with you. He will be in Europe. I'll be out of town. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we are going to bring in Rachel Rose, employee, Vault of Midnight Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. to fill his seat. And uh, Curtis and I are going to play a board game this week. Yeah. And we'll report next week. Excellent. Do you guys Lovely. know what you're going to play yet? I, I'm not sure yet. We we could play a game of memoir. We could play memoir. That's old school. We could do a, a classic. We also totally need to play Imperial Assault. <sighs> Let's play Imperial Maybe Assault. Maybe that's it. All right. That's Curtis and I are going to report okay. on Imperial awesome. Assault. Yeah. yeah. Great. Cool. Well, guys, this has been a really fun week. Nick, I, I wish you the safest of travels on your journey. Thank you so much. Um, I w- you I would like a gift. So oh, would you? So, so yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe something petite for the studio. Yeah. A mask. Um, a mask. I don't know. Probably a skull. A skull of some oh, okay. sort. Yeah. yeah. You guys want me to bring back a human skull through customs? If yes. you could. All right. I'll on it. Awesome. This ends another issue of Super Skull, the Vault of Midnight podcast. You can follow us on Facebook under at Vault of Midnight and Twitter under Super Skull Show. You can send us your question for our question of the week segment in SuperSkullVaultOfMidnight.com. Super Skull can be heard on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher every week on New Comic Day. Our music was created by the atomically wonderful A-Bomb. Our logo was designed by the money-controlling Philip Wong. Our producer is the unstoppable secret agent, Catherine Gorman. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. This is Marcus M. Money Schwimmer for Nick Wybar and Curtis Sullivan. Wishing you good reading. 
Until next week. Peep us at superskullshow.com. Peace out. That's what they would say in Canada. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.